gentlemen and welcome to another daily grindhouse presents no budget nightmares this is mo he's a bad film hating while i skating all the while masturbating and that's, that's mo porn yeah. yeah and with me as always is the one and only doug tilly he's bow, doug bow, tilly bow, 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 number bow, one super bow, guy bow, bow. I-, I love how our show is slowly evolving into a musical <laughs> <laughs> Uh, long-time listeners will probably notice that we have a new theme song. Yeah, this is officially our the third theme song the show's ever had. But I have a feeling this will be the last because yeah, I fucking love sick. that so much. That theme song. I had the I had the idea not too long ago, as you as you know, because we mm-hmm. have discussed this. That <laughs> I, of course I acted on it before I got your approval. But, <laughs> but bye I, bye me. <laughs> yeah, but you were like fine. That's awesome. Initiative. Uh, yeah, took I took the initiative on it. I said. I said, you know what? Because John, because John, who is a John Cross from the After Movie Diner, who is a you know one-time guest on the show, the only real <laughs> only guest, guest we've ever had, ever really had, um, who wasn't like a director. Um, he uh, talks up. Um, <laughs> my brain just shut off. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I'd fill, the, uh, fill in the blanks there, Mo, but I'm I'm kind of enjoying listening to you struggle. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, John likes to talk up, you know, independent filmmakers. You know, he, he's he, he's on the same sort of mission that we're on. We like to talk about the same sort of thing. So he is good friends with the guys over at Moturn Media, uh, which is basically Matt Farley, and uh, there's other guys. Uh, forgive me, I do not remember their names, but. Um, but I had the idea because Matt is known not only for the films, but also for he's very prolific musically. Like, I mean, he's done so many songs. It's it's borderline insane, but they're all so catchy and fun. And and I figured it would it would work so well if if I asked him to write a theme song for the show. And so I did. And to my surprise, well, not really, because I, <laughs> I, I think his standards for, for writing songs for people is pretty low. Basically, it's like, you know, give give me something to write about and I will write a song for you. Low standards. That's right up our alley. <laughs> it's like, that's perfect. <laughs> so so I gave him some basic information on, on what what we were about and uh, and like what information to include. And, and he wrote that for us. And that is the most fitting theme song i think i mean i never would have been able to come up with anything nearly that good yeah it's perfect it is absolutely perfect it's, it's brilliant. just it, when people listen to and that's the thing i mean the old theme songs they you know they suggested a 
tone of kind of horrific tone. Right. But and then we got these two nerds like, Nitro's right. great! Yeah, let's, let's listen to our own personal theme songs as we fucking start out. Yeah, and then we're going to talk about Kindergarten Ninja right afterwards. Right. But this one, I think this kind of bouncy, uh, you know, uh, this, this gives the impression that we're in for something fun. Right. But something uh, a little different. Right. Which is what you're going to be getting today, by the way. And he says our names in it, so that's perfect. I love that. I love hearing <laughs> someone say my name. <laughs> I, always, I always get a kick out of when I hear somebody sing my name. So, you know. It's not actually your name, Mo. That's true. It's not actually my <laughs> name. But... I love hearing people <laughs> shout my pseudonym into a microphone. Yeah, I love when people say my nom de plume. <laughs> Mo, this is our second episode uh, after our hiatus. This is going to be a very special one because it's going to, well, we'll talk about it a little bit later about one of the reasons that it's special. Uh, but the, this is kind of a, a, the next stage of our relaunch. Right. Yeah, and it's really exciting. And that theme song is a big part of that new uh, stage as well. You know, there's a lot of changes happening, and I think people should uh, hold on to their socks because otherwise <laughs> they're going to get blown right off. <laughs> so yeah, so that's definitely the first. That's definitely the first. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I, I'm just saying I'm not responsible if your socks get lost because they've been blown off your feet. That's all I'm trying to say here. <laughs> so so that's so the first. That's the first step. Do you want to talk about the second step? Yeah, what's going on is that we're actually switching the No Budget Nightmares podcast to a new RSS feed. So what that will actually mean, and uh, it's going to be minor difficulty to get every, this message across to everyone, is that everyone's going to need to subscribe to it again. However, this is going to mean two really great things. One is that everybody will then have access to every episode of No Budget Nightmares. Very important. All the way back to the very first one. Every and single we'll, person can listen to Hip Hop Locos. Everyone will know when we make references to Suburban Sasquatch constantly. So you'll be able to go back and listen to that episode. Uh, and the second thing is that... <laughs> you want to know what that's all about, you can go back and listen to it. The second great thing is that we'll be able to uh, control all of our content and post whatever we want, meaning that if we ever got a wild hair up our ass to do a shorter episode or just kind of send out a message that we could do that and we could – we never have to worry about kind of running out of limits or paying for – I mean, really, the way that we've been doing it at this point, it's been costly. You don't have a lot of control over it. This is going to put it in our hands because going forward, we want the control, man. Right. We don't want no, I don't know, drone scrubs. scrubs. That's right. We don't want no scrubs. <laughs> and nor pigeons. No. That's very good. <laughs> so, yeah, so much excitement happening. There's even something else that's exciting that those of you who are, are on our Facebook group, which everyone should be on, especially because we'll be sending that message through there as well. Uh, they'll be, <laughs> we'll be sending this message to everyone. To everybody. You're going to get sick of it. But, you really are. Uh, but you need to It do takes it. two seconds. It'll take yeah. two seconds. You click a button, and suddenly... You're back there with Doug and Mo. You're good friends. Hey, if I can do it, any moron can do it. Any moron like Mo can do it. Right. Any um. moron like me can do it. <laughs> Mo, uh, today, uh, right. and, and we've promised people, by the way, at the end of the last episode, we gave them kind of a uh, immediate schedule of what we were going to be covering on No Budget Nightmares. Right. And we promised that most immediately we'd be covering a few shot-on-video classics. Yes. And uh, we to to uh, solidify our return, we've decided to start with because Kindergarten Ninja was really announced on the episode before the hiatus. Right. This is our first real new choice. Yeah, I like to consider this 
I like to consider uh, this the first episode of the new season and Kindergarten Ninja to be the wrongly placed cliffhanger uh, that never should have happened. Well, I think of it more like you know how Doctor Who had they have like a Christmas special, right? Yeah, and then they go into Ninja the next was season. our Christmas special. That makes total sense. <laughs> it just happens to be before Christmas as this episode <laughs> is as well. Whatever. <laughs> so yeah, that's out of the way. New season beginning. This is our Arbor Day episode. Yeah. Exactly. So we're going to be covering, we should announce, we're going to be covering Let's do it. Uh, 1987's Video Violence, directed oh. by Gary P. Cohen. Yes. A classic of the shot on video Amazing. genre. And uh, a movie that I had on VHS when I was uh, a teenager, and uh, and I watched it probably a couple of times, but uh, at that point I was not enlightened so the fact right. that it was shot on video probably was a deterrent to me at that time <laughs> yeah i um i actually uh this is one of the gems of my collection i have i have some i have some movies that people look at every now and again they'll be like damn you own that but anytime <laughs> anytime i tell people that i own a big box copy of video violence they you know like original big box they always go wow that's awesome you know, and now, so this is like one of those ones that I always get a really positive reaction to for owning, uh, which is just really by chance because I just found it in a shop. It wasn't like I was, you know, I didn't buy it online or do anything. I mean, it just just looking around basically, and I said, "This looks awesome." I I bought it entirely based on the cover art. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what the movie was about. Didn't care. Uh, it took me like a year and a half to watch anyway. Um, and then, yeah, but it's such a, but it's such a great movie. I'm so happy to own it. Oh, you're now. giving away your opinion on it already. I always do. <laughs> I always do. Uh, we should say, by the way, that the full title of the movie is video violence. When renting is not enough. I love the fact that they, that they added a second title card to add the <laughs> when renting is not enough at the beginning of the film. That uh, cover, by the way, of the, the poster art, I guess you'd call it for the movie is very distinctive, but it also, yeah. It's very reflective of the fact that this is a very kind of homemade, uh, micro-budget movie. Right, right. Where it's just this, this kind of messed up hand. And uh, you know, the, by the way, this is a really timely time to be covering video violence with all the nostalgia for VHS era. Because this movie is so steeped in that straight-to-video, you know, uh, mid-to-late-1980s era of, of, you know, anyone-can-do-it movie making. Yeah. And and uh, I think that that people really have a lot of really strong positive feelings for this movie, but it also is a great uh, reminder of the days of video stores, since most of the movie or a lot of it takes place in a video store. Yeah, and every time they're in that video store, I see another movie that I hadn't seen, you know, that that I hadn't seen sitting up on that wall, and I'm like, damn, like <laughs> <laughs> if I could own that, you know, if I could have that. Uh, there's so, oh, it's so great. Cause everything's in, everything's big boxes still, or, or those giant, you know, like Time Warner clamshells and stuff like yes. that. It's so much, all the boxes are, ah, uh, I guess my blood pumping, you know, it's so great. Well, Moe's blood is going to pump all over the place once we start discussing <laughs> video violence. Not the only uh, thing it's going to be pumping. No, never mind. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now, we're not going to really cover it in the movie itself, but video violence was followed by a sequel, Video Violence 2, which I know a lot of people have seen as well. I haven't seen it. Mo, you've told me that it's not uh, that great. It doesn't live up. doesn't live up to the, the reputa- reputation, even though it has a lot of the same cast and crew yeah. uh, of the original just doesn't do it. Uh, more of a jokey tone, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. They tried, they tried to make it funny and it just does not work. 
And the thing is, this movie is funny. But it's also, if you had to describe video violence to someone, what would be the, you know, we're not going to go through the plot necessarily, but in terms of its tone, it's sort of like Twilight Zone-ish. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually uh, very accurate, yeah. You know, where you get kind of normal people, and they notice that something is wrong in the neighborhood, and they, uh, they, if they feel like they're in some sort of conspiracy, or there's some sort of uh, mass hypnosis going on, <laughs> and then they have to discover what the truth of the situation is. This movie goes in places that, I, I, the first time I watched it, I didn't expect it to go in that way at all. It doesn't set up for for what happens uh it, it it because of that influence because it feels almost like a twilight zone episode it doesn't feel like a, a traditional slasher movie even though it's really gory right it's got it's really working on its own level here and the idea of following this up with something really jokey is kind of bizarre when you think about it it's not at all it's you know I, and and the only reason why i say it's not at all is because if you i mean in the basement box set uh there's commentary by uh, Gary Cohen um, about uh, about the making of the second film, right? And uh, he goes on and talks about. Or no, there's an interview with him, not not commentary. There's an interview with him and he talks about making the second film. And I guess at the time when they when the second one was was coming out, uh, there were a lot of movies out. You know, like I think Friday, I think um, Nightmare on Elm Street was up to like the third or fourth one by then, and like right. Fre- Freddy was a comedic character by that. Oh, that's point. right. So they so they thought, well, let's make. Howard and Eli comedic characters, you know, and, and, and go that route uh, since that seems to be what's kind of selling right now. And it just, it really, it really missed the mark. That's really interesting. That's really interesting that he would try to capture what was popular at the time. Since one of the things that makes this movie so interesting is that it's sort of a commentary on the movies that were being released at that time. It is. Uh, If not a criticism of those kind of movies. So the idea of kind of hooking on to a trend is it seems uh, a little disappointing to be honest. Yeah. Oh well, you know what? You know what else has happened too? I think I want to say he had made Captives, right? Um, by that point, which was a financial failure on all accounts. And if my memory serves me correct, I mean, if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But I, I'm <laughs> fairly certain that it that it didn't go over very well and kind of like faded from existence, you know. Uh, but then, but they, he wanted to, he was kind of hoping that video violence too, you know, based on the name and based on what was popular at the time would be sort of like a quick cash in. So captives was like his crime wave. Yeah. And he decided to come back with the sequel to evil, the evil dead two of his career. Right. Ended and up being video violence too. Except, 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 I mean, I don't know. I've never seen crime waves, but, uh, <laughs> but a captives, I don't know if you've, if you've seen it or not, it's not. really good. Oh, but it's not a horror film. That's the problem. I think people were expecting a horror film after mm-hmm. Video Violence came out. They were expecting a horror film. It's not. It's like a it's like a slow burn thriller, and it's really good if you can survive the first fifteen minutes. Well, I'm those... sure you're talking to the audience, Mo, because we've learned to survive things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm definitely talking to the audience. Yeah, if you can get if you can get past the first 15 minutes of Captives, I say go for it. It's it's surprisingly good, but those first 15 minutes seem to run in like real time, and it's really, really slow and boring. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting that that he did follow it up with a movie that wasn't really a horror movie because video violence, even though it is a horror movie because it is very splattery and all that, and right. it, it's it's commenting on it, it's not structured like a horror movie. I mean, it is in terms; it's almost science fictiony to some extent, right. in the sense, or mystery almost, right. because uh, even though there are scenes of extreme violence and almost kind of uh, exaggerated violence, a, a lot of it is just very much 
you are just you're with the main character you're as curious and and confused about what's going on as he is and you're learning the clues as he does uh it's almost more more like a uh i mean there is certainly a lot of suspense in it but it's not like you're it's not like anyone's being stalked he's being threatened but it's not because someone is coming up and trying to murder him right. at least not at first <laughs> yeah so uh by the way imdb has made an asshole out of me uh captives did come out after video violence too um but it was a financial failure so <laughs> I, I was right on that part but he was well, my but, my crime wave analogy is now thrown out the window it's completely tossed out the window <laughs> however we'll however the, the the point i made was still is still accurate. He was basically trying to cash in on the, like the funny bad guy uh, thing. Funny bad guy thing. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about video violence from 1987. <laughs> You're so when... mocking. Uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> when renting is not enough. <laughs> Directed by Gary P. Cohen. Uh, the opening of this movie is very uh, fun because it's... Yeah, you get a little it's... prologue. You get, yeah, it really is a prologue. Yeah. Because it doesn't it's labeled really... the prologue. <laughs> yes, that's true. In fact, this movie is split into sections uh, by day. I'm not re- exactly sure why that is necessarily, but it shows that there's a progression of time. This all takes place in a very short amount of time. Yeah, within like five five days, I believe. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's exactly right. Uh, now, this prologue takes place in like uh, some sort of uh, it's it's a clothing store, but they sell. Yeah, it's it's it like it's a general store, maybe something kind of army navy, maybe it sells work clothes. Like I, it, it, I couldn't really put my finger on what specifically it sells because it has clothes, but it, it has also like tennis has, rackets and stuff. Yeah, it has like sporting goods, which will come into play in a minute, you know, and it has other things. But it's just like, is it a clothing store? Is it a general store? Yeah, we is can't it... we can't knock it. It's it, yeah. it's almost certainly a real store that existed at that yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so these uh, these guys are working there. One of them is showing a woman around. Uh, the, the clothing and another woman comes in and she's looking to purchase a shirt. This, this movie kind of sets you up or not this movie, this segment sets you yeah. up really well for, to, to kind of get used to the really, I don't want to use the term horrible, but the really not so great synth music that you're going to be hearing through the, through the <laughs> it's course. It's very of distinctive. It's very distinctive. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're kind of like, as soon as, it, as soon as it comes in, you see the, 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 the store and you get this sort of like synth sting right at the beginning, you know, like, you know, <laughs> and you're like, we're going to hear a little bit of it in a moment. You'll know it, what we're talking and about. And it really, it really like, but it's unexpected and it really fucking hurts your ears. So, <laughs> uh, the, uh, this, uh, sequence actually confused me a little bit because these characters, uh, you, you, you'd probably interpret and we'll talk about what happens in mm. just a moment, but, uh, what is about to happen seems to be setting up, these two employees of the store is having this major part of right. the plot, but no, they, they absolutely don't. This is like this. This is like one of my favorite and least favorite parts of the movie. Right. You know, I, I love. I love how it sets the whole movie up. It works really well. Uh, you know, I love these two characters, and I kind of wish that they would have yeah. kept with them. Doesn't it seem like they were supposed to yeah. be? Because I like those two guys way more than I like Howard and Eli. Yeah. Howard and Howard Eli and... are annoying, specifically yeah, and, Howard. And, and... And and they will, the, yeah, that'll pop up in just a little bit. Everyone yeah. will know what we're talking about. Yeah. So this woman comes in to purchase a shirt. The employee, right. who's a really skeevy-looking guy with the mustache, looks total 70s porno. Uh, <laughs> he has too many buttons undone on his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he helps her out, and he uh, and she, and she gets her a few of these shirts and sends her off to the dressing room. Yeah, exactly. 
and his uh, his co-employee is uh, got glasses, and he's kind of a slightly nerdier looking guy. Right. So they so so the other guy uh, sort of rings out his customer and gets them out real quick. You know. Yeah. And then they kind of like rush off and set up this uh, like surveillance equipment. Uh, and start record and start recording. <laughs> it appears that this surveillance equipment, like this monitor that they have, of you know, it's a camera in the woman's change room. Right. Uh, it kind of. It, it, I was gonna say it kind of makes you originally think, initially think that this movie is going to go someplace completely different. Absolutely. Yeah. But also, it looks like that they're set up like right outside the change room. They are. Room. They're right outside <laughs> the change room. <laughs> There's no possible way she's not going to notice them. But I guess it doesn't really matter. Because the mustache guy, mm. who that's what I'm going to call him. We'll call him uh, Mustachely. Yeah, after she uh, takes off her top and stuff, uh, he goes over with a baseball bat. <laughs> and, I love uh, how he grabs the bat and sort of like weighs it in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this will do. He put, even puts a glove on. He puts a batting glove on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? He's taking some real enthusiasm when it comes to what he's about to do. He's like, I love what I do. So he, uh, he slams her in the head and knocks her unconscious. Uh, and she falls to the floor. <laughs> and uh, then he beats her to death with a baseball bat, right? Gleefully. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> well, so uh, well he pounds her in the head. Uh, she gets knocked out. She's down on the floor. He starts cutting the shirt off of her, right? And then right. S- and then says, "This shirt's coming out of your check, not mine." <laughs> wah wah. <laughs> the best part about that is, as he's saying that, the other guy is giving a thumbs up to <laughs> to the monitor. He's like, "All right." <laughs> So he he does kill the woman with the bat, and then right. he makes out with her afterwards because gross. Yeah, and they yeah they do like a really a really ridiculous sort of like yes. point of yes. view shot of him bringing the <laughs> the bat down on her face. He's supposed to be crushing like like yeah, it's POV, so it's he's supposed to be crushing her face. Yeah, but he's coming at the camera really. Uh, we'll call it kindergarten ninja slowly. Right, right. <laughs> <at the screen. laughs> which launches us right into the opening credits, which has a beautiful synth theme that you'll yeah. hear throughout the rest of the movie. You know, it's funny though that that you would say, you know, like that that you would say that you would bring up kindergarten ninja, you know, like the slow mo and that because there is actual like video slow motion later in the film so it's like i mean if they wanted to do something like that they could have yeah yeah ridiculous anyway here's the uh (laughs) we'll call this the uh love theme to video violence (laughs) the haunting love theme the haunting love theme i gotta tell you i actually really like this so do i i love it (laughs) you you were humming it right before we started i was Video violence. Title card. Second title card. My renting is not enough. <laughs> and this goes on for like five minutes. Yeah, it's, it's all this footage of like cars driving across the road. We find out this is a little Zach production. That's right. <laughs> um, the opening credits go on forever. I mean, it literally it tells almost everybody who's in the movie, <laughs> and then finally kind of closes off with with some of the. Uh, crew that's been on there we find out gary cohen directed it blah 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 but i really I like, like the, the story I, I like the idea story that that uh the scope of this movie is that basically a whole town is 
uh, is acting strangely. So yeah. you have to show the scope of this town, and they do that really well. Like Gary, Gary P. Cohen, he sets it up really well because you get these little looks at you know the local store and the police station and how it's all been sort of corrupted in some way. Right. And the the fact that he had this much cooperation on such a small film, you know, the movie that this would probably be most compared to. Uh, it, not necessarily in terms of tone or, or structure, but just because of the time period, is Blood Cult, which actually gets brought up later. Right. Uh, and we actually have covered, right? Uh, but it's interesting that that movie feels so small, while this movie feels like, you know, it, it's got a whole town helping out. Right. Well, I think... <laughs> I don't. Again, my memory is not really what it was, but I wanna. <laughs> I wanna say that I'm. I'm such an old man. Um, <laughs> I, I wanna say that didn't the town help fund this movie? Well, my understanding, and I mean, there's, there's, I haven't seen that interview with with Gary Cohen, but one of the things that uh, is sort of kind of a known piece of trivia is that he had a really difficult time editing this. He had to edit it very, very quickly. In right, fact, right. there's some parts you can kind of tell that, right. um, because uh, he didn't really have access to this equipment, so he just had sort of, a, 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 I guess he was just able to use an editing deck for a very short amount of time because when they found out what he was trying to make, right. they didn't want him to use it at all. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, they it, gave it, him like four hours. Yeah, right? Yeah. Or just like a really short amount of time to try which, to edit an entire which I, feature. I have to tell you, you know, like I've I, like I just finished editing a 13-minute video. <laughs> it took me like 16 hours. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he edited this entire film in essentially well, I mean, we'll say what, like 6 hours. Well, I mean, it's certainly uh, uh, when I think about when we were uh, editing our movie years ago, uh and you know, Think about we were using like nonlinear editing video right, like right, right. equipment and stuff. Yeah. It makes it so much easier. Right. That still took us weeks and weeks and weeks to right. do because you're you're tweaking every single scene, and he had to do the whole thing in let's say a night or a couple of nights. Even. Right. Uh, it's just a ridiculous amount of work. So uh, you can be a little forgiving. And it, all all said and done, I mean this is edited much better than most of the movies that we've covered. It's a on really the show. well put together film. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The pacing it's strange sometimes, but it it feels like it's headed in the right direction all right, the time. Right. Right. <laughs> So after the credits, we get introduced to the central video store of the movie. The one uh, thing I, and, hold on. The one thing I want yep. to mention during the credits, because I had not noticed it before, is that there is a character in this – in this uh, not a character. I'm sorry. The actor's name <laughs> is Yuke. Yeah, Yuke. I'm like, that's awesome. That's a great name. In <laughs> fact, uh, uh, I believe Yuke plays Eli, Eli in the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why not? Yuke's a perfect – but no last name. Just Yuke. Just Yuke. That's brilliant. <laughs> so so uh, we get uh, we get to see the video store for the first time. And this video store, man, if you enjoyed video stores in the late '80s and '90s, uh, this bring back a lot of uh, hopefully pleasant memories. <laughs> I love that you can see all these posters <laughs> over it. Yeah, things like a movie, like Gung Ho and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, and right at and right at the front door, there's Runaway Train, which is such a yeah. weird such a weird movie to be like right smack dab, like prime real estate right in front of the front door. It's like here's this kind of shitty Eric Roberts film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like right next to the door. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm under the impression that there was again, no set dressing going on I on the outside not, yeah. of the building at all. It totally is just what was there. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt there was much set dressing on the inside of the building either. You know? Yeah. Right. I, mean, I think I, it's just sometimes when they do close ups of videos, we know that, you know, they're all horror movies for a right, reason. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, so there's a guy, sorry, I was gonna say, but there is sort of a, well, you know what? We'll, we'll talk about it when we get into the thing. So there's a guy waiting to, you know, there's a guy waiting at the door. 
and that's Rick. Now, Rick is waiting for the store to open because he works there, uh, and we discover a little bit about Rick's background, that his father died a few weeks ago, so he's from out of town. Mm-hmm. But he's had a really strange experience since he arrived there. The owner of the shop, uh, the shop itself is only open, the VHS rental place is only open recently as well. Uh, both of them are kind of bonding over the fact that the townspeople act a little strangely. They're kind of distant. Uh, they, they don't, they're never friendly. Yeah. The boss is named Steve Emery. He's played by Art Neal, who is sort of a regular for Gary P. Cohen's If you had work. to describe how Art Neal looked... <laughs> Mo, how would you do that? What would you say? Uh, I would say he looks like 1983. <laughs> uh, he has a ponytail. Well, he has a mullet. He has a mullet, but it's it's put was, up in a ponytail. I, yeah, some, sometimes he wears it in a ponytail, sometimes it's sometimes. out. And I have to admit, it is amazing when it is out. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, kind of, he's kind of balding. Uh, he yep. looks, you know, like looking at him from the front, he kind of looks a little bit like Ernie. Ernie, like from Ernie and Bert? Yeah, like Bert and Ernie. Like he has that sort of like banana head shape. You're thinking of Bert. Oh, fuck. I'm thinking of Bert. I'm an idiot. Yeah, he looks like uh, Bert. He doesn't look like Ernie. Man, Come on, look, look, I'm a grown-ass man, okay? <laughs> I don't care. I don't care how old you are. You got to know the difference between Ernie You're and right. Bert. You're right. I should. I should know that. Yeah, so he looks like Bert. He's got an earring. He's got a kind of a skullet thing going on. His hair is... Uh, I mean... <laughs> you said skullet. <laughs> yeah, I totally it's did. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> So, at this point of the movie, you get to learn a lot more about Rick, right? And I was totally under the impression when I saw this for the first time that Rick was going to be the main character in the movie. <laughs> so this is he's like a young guy, right? Yeah, he's a young guy. You start, he's, he's definitely uh, protagonist material. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so he's having a real issue with the people in the town. In fact, he says something that's a little bit off-color about it. Haven't you noticed? Nobody talks to you in this town. Because I'm new around here, they treat me like I, like I got AIDS or something. I have got to get out of here. That's a, got to get that's out of a, here. It's a classic line. Uh, yeah, so he's uh, very eighties. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so he's he's bitching. He's complaining to Steve uh, about about what's going on, and uh, and and we get a little bit of knowledge about Steve. I don't know how much of it we get right now, but we'll find out a little bit later that Steve, he's from New York City, I think, and he used to run a uh, real movie theater. Yeah, he used to run a movie theater in New York City, and um, his wife, who we meet later, was working at a law firm, and they both kind of had mm-hmm. like these dream jobs that they both left for some reason to open up a video store. A video store in Frenchtown, which is a, <laughs> like this small, supposed to be like a rural community, which is where they are now. Right. Frenchtown. In Dumpwater. Yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might wonder uh, how the beginning section will tie into this, and uh, you'll find out very quickly, because what happened is that someone brought a tape in mm. that wasn't a tape that belonged to the store. This used to happen all the time. People accidentally left a tape in a case right. and accidentally returned it, yeah. uh, and Steve's under the impression that they shouldn't watch it or anything. No, he's like, they- whatever. It's probably just somebody's home movie. It's probably boring. Let's just, you know, let's just put it off to the side, whatever. And uh, and they kind of leave it alone for a second <laughs> because at this moment somebody comes in. Yeah, <laughs> and this is this is my favorite line. My well, not my favorite line, but my favorite like moment. Sure, first in- ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, first ten minutes. But my absolutely my favorite moment in the entire film because it makes no fucking sense. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna play it. I'll play yeah. it for you real quick, and then we'll explain what happens. How are you today? Get something for you? You got that chainsaw movie? I'll get it. 
So, <laughs> Doug. Yes. As a human mm-hmm. with some knowledge of film, if somebody walked up to you, say you were working in a video store, like, say, Steve or Rick. Sure. And and somebody walked up to the to the counter and said, do you have that Chainsaw movie? Mm-hmm. What's the movie you would go to get? Let me tell you, Mo, even if it was my wife, who obviously hates movies and right. hates this show right. and anything that we've ever covered, yeah. even if I said to her, you got that Chainsaw movie, she'd say, you must mean the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. Anybody who has any, I mean, even the slightest knowledge of film, they don't even have to have ever seen the film. They mm-hmm. just need to know that there is a film out there called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It has the word chainsaw in the title. <laughs> <laughs> so Rick gives Steve a knowing glance and says, I'll go get it. Walks over to the shelf and grabs pieces. <laughs> which is a chainsaw movie. Yep. Might I add? It's a great movie. I love pieces. I love it. I remember there, uh, the, the, the tagline for it is that uh, you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Right. <laughs> I, you know, it's great. Which shows that it's not what people think of first. Exactly. It's, it, it even, it proves it right on the box. I love that. I mean, I, I think, I, I think it, it, it probably was a sort of an intentional joke. Oh, I bet uh, it was, but I, I, but that's, but that's one of the reasons why it's my favorite because it, it makes so little sense that it's. That it's great. I love it. I love that they walk over. And, of course, the box for Blood Cult's right next to it. Mm -hmm. And then Conan, one of the Conan movies, is on the other side. Um, Yeah, so he grabs pieces, hands it to him, and says, yep, that's the movie I was looking for. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) He's like, perfect. And then off he goes. So after this 10-minute waiting period of uh, not playing this tape that was left behind, uh, Steve relents. Yeah. And they suddenly stick it in the machine to see what the heck it could be. And, and does, hold on, does Steve? Does Steve say to the guy that'll be three fifteen with the government? Oh, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't I, get catch that. The well, government. I, yeah, like I wonder. If, like, is that what he means? Like with tax? <laughs> like with the government? With the government. I don't. Tax. It's the only time it's said in the entire in the entire film. But it's like it just it. Yeah, that would stick out at you. I had never <laughs> noticed it because I've seen this movie a dozen sure. times before, you know, and I never noticed that line before. So, but I, like, obviously, doing this show, you really have to kind of pay attention to everything that's happening. And um, we do. <laughs> well, we we do. Well, I do because you take copious notes, and yes, I have I to do. like sort of anticipate what you're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but then I noticed that line. I'm like, does he say with the government? Because I'd never heard that before. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> so they put on this tape, and as I'm sure everyone who, even if you haven't seen the movie at this point, uh, have guessed, there's someone being bound and gagged and killed on this tape. Holy shit. This looks very, very real. Look, man, that is real. That guy getting cut up is Reggie Hobbs. He's a friggin' postmaster. At least he was. <laughs> at least he was. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to see kind of two rednecky looking guys chopping up uh, someone who's supposed to be the local postmaster and it's it's it, you know it's shot on video so it already looks more real <laughs> right <laughs> and, and steve i mean steve he's used to seeing movies he's a movie guy so yeah. he knows that it looks very very real <laughs> this looks very very real 
Uh, they, there's this really great effect. I mean, they're torturing the guy. It's it's awful and all that sort of thing. But they cut off his hand by like gripping his arm and raising it above the frame and then uh, slicing it and then tossing a hand into the frame, which I thought was a really fun way <laughs> of doing it without showing the hand getting cut off. <laughs> yeah, they do. There's a lot of like fun workaround effects that they do in this that like. It, it clearly like they couldn't afford to do what they wanted to do. Sure, you know I love that. I, th- I, you know it's like it's it's weird little like ingenious uh, moves like that that make you enjoy these kind of films more. I one of the things I like as well is that Steve, even if he does look like Bert, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he he acts he acts usually in a way that is. Understandable. Yeah. So his immediate reaction to seeing this is, oh my god, one of the club members, one of the people who have a, 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 a is a part of the, the the video store that are allowed to rent there. Someone who rents at the video store is a murderer. Right. So he he needs to go to the police station and tell them about it immediately. Uh, and so he does what you know something that's fairly reasonable. He closes the store, locks it up. Rick stays behind. He runs off to the police station. Yeah. The only thing that he doesn't do that I think I would have done is brought the tape with me. Yeah, but absolutely. that happens later. <laughs> yeah. In this particular case, he's like, no, I'm just going to run to the police station. I guess it's across the street, basically. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and he goes to talk to the police chief, who is my favorite, favorite fucking <laughs> you know, character. In the you say that, Mo, but when they go back, they, go and they get in a car. <laughs> oh, no, that's true. They do. <laughs> drive across the street uh and uh and it's weird when he first goes to the police station he goes to like a side entrance and he can't get in and it looks like it's a church i mean i don't know what it definitely looks like it's a church yeah uh but he goes in and like it's it's at this point it's extremely reasonable what he's doing you know he says you know i run the video store on the main street he just wants to talk to the police chief and tell him what he has i love i love the police chief's reaction to it he's like you know, he's like, I don't know, that Rick kid is, uh, you know, he's no good. He's always been causing trouble. You know, and you're from New York. Maybe you're on some of those funny drugs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's talking about it. He has these, like, violent movies. And yeah. the chief goes, ah, I bet you have a lot of tapes like that. Shoot em ups. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, when, when Steve tries to tell him that the postmaster is the person who's killed on the video, the chief says that he actually drove the postmaster to the airport to see him off and even shows him a postcard from Florida where he is apparently gone. Yeah, he's he's living in Florida with his daughter. Yes. I so, love the so, I love how he has a postcard to like there's always something to prove you wrong. I but love, he but he does I, agree to go. Yeah, he agrees to come over to the video store and see the video. That's awfully neighborly of him. Quite literally neighborly, <laughs> just across the road. <laughs> All right, so they get so they get there, and of course the uh, the tape they pop the new tape in, and uh, it's not quite what he well, thinks it would be. Remember, yeah, it, before he goes over, he he actually threatens Steve if his story is not true. Oh right, that's right. Okay, here we go. Someone's been murdered, and I have a tape of it. You owe it to take a look at it. Okay. Seeing as you're new here, <laughs> seeing as your wife works for the court clerk, and seeing as my kids rent tape from you, rent tape from you, from you. I'll give you five minutes of my time, but if you are fucking with me, you are going to be pretty sorry. <laughs> I love Steve's reaction to reaction to. It's like I'm not fucking with you. 
Yeah, right. Exactly. I love how he's like. He seems really shocked at the chief's reaction because all he's telling him is that he has a videotape of a murder. He's asking for him to take like literally five minutes of his time to yeah. take a look at it. But he's like, "Oh, I guess." He spits at, out every word. At, it's funny when you when you sit when you sit back and you look at the character of Steve as a whole. He's easily one of the most realistic characters, sure, in film. You know, like anything that would have happened to somebody in this situation is exactly what he does. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's and it even to the point where it's not necessarily the entertaining option. Right, right exactly. Where, where he like, he, you know, him having those conversations with his wife about what's going on. It's like, you know, I'm really worried about it. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. It seems like everyone in town is on it. Yeah. I hope I'm not going crazy. Yeah. And she's being supportive, but, <laughs> it's like, you let's know, go to curious. Bed. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Let's go to bed, but we'll keep the light on because we're scared. <laughs> that that did seem like an odd decision <laughs> at that point where you're being sent videos of people being murdered. Right. Um, so they head over to the video store, but the uh, the something is amiss. The door is unlocked. Rick is missing. Yep. It no longer says closed. It's now open. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the chief, of course, being the uh, witty and urbane character that he is, says... So much for Mr. Reliability, huh? <laughs> we gotta keep that one on, on file. <laughs> so much for Mr. Reliability, huh? Reliability! Huh? <laughs> that is such a great delivery. That is almost as good as the devil, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the tape is there, it seems to be, but when Steve puts it on, it's actually just a bunch of home movies. Yeah, so it's a little disappointing. It's very disappointing. <laughs> I love I love the Chief's reaction to that, by the way. He goes, if I wasn't so pissed off, I'd laugh at your joke, Mr. Emery. <laughs> I was I posted on Facebook that if I had the dro- if I had my druthers, I would pick out every single line this character says. Yeah. Because they are all worth listening to. It's just, but you, you know, it's the show is only so long, you gotta pick and choose your battles here, you know. So we, we grab the best ones, but man, that chief yeah. is he's a great character fucking great Love what him. i what i like about it up to this point and immediately afterwards what we see is is steven he's at home talking to his wife telling her everything that's happened and she thinks that this whole thing is sort of a practical joke that rick has kind of playing on him that he set up the video he's just sort of trying to trick him and scare him and stuff like that <laughs> well, and that's ch- actually kind of reasonable because yeah. at this point it could be a joke right and, exactly and the chief, and, and, the chief even says that he, you know, the chief even chalks it up to a bad practical joke and suggests that he lay off the monster movies and stick to the kitty stuff. The kitty stuff, Mr. <laughs> Emery. Stick to the kitty stuff. <laughs> but, uh, but when uh, his wife asks about the video and about it being like sort of fake looking, uh, Steve has a really great quote that's sort of also a commentary on on this movie. <laughs> The whole thing was shot on video. I mean, it had the same quality as a soap opera, one of those rotten commercials. Not a film. <laughs> I love that. I love because I, 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 one of the things I, I, I think I, I can't remember if we were recording at the time, but when I first saw this movie, I kind of, uh, I was an idiot teenager at the time when right. I saw it and when I first put it on and I saw that it was shot on video I probably rejected it immediately just like how a lot of people reject right, right. Uh, shot on video movies because it looks like a soap opera or one of those <laughs> rotten commercials as opposed to a real film <laughs> well I mean when you sit down and think about it like like it's it's definitely the it's I'm trying to think of what's, what's like a good food to equate 
shot on video stuff too. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like caviar or like escargot. It's like, it's one of those things that like, you, like you, the idea of eating it is not the best or like sushi, you know, it's, it's sort of an acquired taste. The idea of eating it is not such a great, I, you know, like you don't want to put that in your mouth, but when you do, you're like, Oh, finally, I realize what's going on here. <laughs> you know, and it's and, really a case where you break through that barrier and then it's never a problem again. Yeah, and right. then it's always like, Oh, of course I can watch. It. It's just like a movie. Like exactly. anything else. It's, it's like riding a bike. Once it clicks, you know, it's never an issue anymore. I like how Steve has some really strong logic uh, about like why something weird must be going on. Right. The fact that like the entire town has joined up to the club of his uh, of his video store, and that they all own video v- VCRs already, even though they don't get any. They, there's no cable in town. There's no other no video satellites. Store. Yeah, no satellite, right. no cable. Um, there's no other video stores. Yeah, no. It may, it's it's funny. He, he goes he goes a town this size should have what three VCRs. Yeah. You know? And and meanwhile, the town, everybody in the town has a VCR. The, the town has 300 VCRs. Yeah. Which is, so which is really weird when you think that about it. That is, it's extremely odd. And we'll see why <laughs> in, just, in just a little bit. <laughs> so uh, she, his wife suggests that uh, he call Rick's mother if Rick doesn't come into work the next day. And uh, she'll try to find out the, the postmaster's phone number in Florida. So right. they're just doing the regular steps that you do right. in that kind of situation. Right. So then we get day two. Because and ominous synth music. That's right. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and we immediately see Steven opening up the video store. And he is wearing a golf sweater <laughs> with his ponytail and his earring. And he looks like... It's like if someone took the year 1987 and made it into a physical form. <laughs> <laughs> He's evolving before our eyes. No, he he looks he looks like the skeezy tennis instructor. Yes, that, that's like, right. That like your dad hates that your mom goes to see every week. You know, it's like I know she's fucking him behind my back. <laughs> Ernie, yeah. hey Bert. So uh, we do actually get a split-second shot of a garbage bag outside the building with a hand coming out of it. Right. I guess no one's going to notice that over the next few days. No. It doesn't really matter. Uh, and then we get a scene, which is where the idea for this movie originally came from. It's actually kind of interesting. Again, we mentioned before that this is sort of a – some of the aspects of this movie are sort of a commentary on both horror films and shot-on-video movies. Right. And what happens is this woman comes in carrying a baby. A baby, yeah. <laughs> She's carrying this baby to very – like I don't know much about babies because I don't like <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I uh, I just uh, came off of babysitting last night, and one thing I do know is that when you hold a baby, you're supposed to support the head because right. like their neck muscles are all wonky and the, their head will fall off or something. Right. right. Uh, but in this case, she's just like the kid is not supported at all. No, she's just she, holding she, it in her arm. She holds that baby like she's never held a baby before in her <laughs> life. Yeah. Like I'm surprised uh, she's not just like holding it like with her thumb and forefinger by the ankle like she should be palming it like a basketball (laughs) (laughs) so she brings blood cult yeah she uh, wants to check out blood cult i love this scene this this, yes this is this is this is is, like you said it's really great commentary she walks up and she goes she goes what's this rated and of course i love how steve's like annoyed with her it's like it should say it right on it you know (laughs) and it does it's rated r and she goes is that for nudity and he's like, well, I doubt it. I mean, the movie's called Blood Cult. You know, it's probably for all the gore. And, uh, and of course, meanwhile, I'm ignoring everything they're saying because I'm looking at that gorgeous giant clamshell box. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she goes, oh, as long as it's not for nudity, that's okay. The kids can watch this. 
classic. Which I believe is like a real story. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that, uh, that was the uh, where Gary po- Cohen got the idea for this movie originally right. because he worked at a video store and this exact sort of situation happened. Right. This is almost like a scene out of Clerks or something like it that. It really, yeah. <laughs> but it's great because it does play into the plot where the whole town are obsessed with renting extremely violent new movies or triple X films. Yeah. So... <laughs> Here's where the movie gets weird. This is where the movie gets very odd. Yeah. Yes. It takes a nice little twist in a direction. This is this is the first major twist where we don't know what it, what's what's happening because we get a yes. cut to some weird basement, you know, and there's these two guys down in the basement and they have a woman tied up. Mm-hmm. Um it's very Miss Lori off- Edwards, age 28. <laughs> <laughs> it's very off-putting. Yes, because, it is. Yeah, it is. It's it's extremely off-putting because we don't know these characters. We don't know where this is coming from. And the way it's cut in is almost like... Um, it's almost like the way it cuts in in the the original video that he watches. Right. It's just out of nowhere and bam, there it is. You know, yes. now they're in the basement. You know, we've seen these characters before, so we kind of have an idea of what's going to happen. But it's this is the first time we're seeing them uh, not on another screen. We're seeing them... In the flesh, yes. up close and that, personal. So th- this is the way that this is edited is kind of strange because we're going to continue. We're going to cut from this basement to the video store and right. back and forth. It's obviously two long scenes that are kind of being intercut right. with one another, and it doesn't always work. It, but it actually yeah. kind of makes it a little more uncomfortable too, uh, <laughs> because uh, when every time it does cut back to it, it's you know it's for the purpose of a woman being tortured, right. and and these characters are not only. Uh, not remorseful. They're gleeful. Like they're having a great time torturing yeah. this woman. <laughs> yeah, we'll actually have a. Uh, I think I have a clip that features Howard's laugh prominently, and Howard being the video the, camera yeah, operator he's the in this case, videographer, if you will, for the uh, Eli show, for the Eli which is what show. this is supposed to be. <laughs> Very popular Eli show. So yeah, where so he we, hit. I'm sorry. sorry? Go, ahead. go ahead. Okay. Well, in this case, Eli is uh, is going to torture this woman. He has a choice of three weapons: a straight edged razor, scissors, and an ice pick. Right. Uh, and you know, he's the woman wakes up from her uh, sedation, and he's very open about what's going to happen. Right. So he decides. So he's figuring out like what he wants to. What, you know, what should they do? They have these three items. Uh, clearly. Uh, this, this is where we where we get one of the very few sort of sexualized moments in the film, yeah. and uh, it's almost unnecessarily so. It almost seems gratuitous, really. Uh, but I mean, obviously, I'm more not... commentary. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. You know, uh, either way, I mean, or he could have just wanted to throw some tits in there to sell more copies. But either maybe, way, e- either way, <laughs> knowing Gary Cohen, both are entirely plausible. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but Eli, but Eli does say outright what he's going to do. Yeah, yeah. He he sort of has a, his own running commentary of what he's doing as he's doing it. Uh, he decides, you know, to give her a drink. She must be thirsty, so he kind of rams some Jack Daniels down her throat. And of course, don't forget the beer chaser, uh, which right. he spills entirely all over her shirt. And, yeah, what t-shirt contest? Yeah, so they <laughs> they proclaim it the very first uh, Howard and Eli. Uh, beer wet t-shirt contest. This I've been, scene, trying, to set, so I've been trying to set up an audio clip here, Mo, where I say he says what he's going to do. Oh, I'm sorry. You should have just it's said right. You should have said, hey, moron, play number nine. <laughs> Good morning, Laurie. I'm Eli, and this is my co-host, Howard. And we're going to torture and kill you on network television. What do you think about that? 
Whoa. I don't think she likes that idea very much. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, so that happens. It's, it's kind of disturbing. And then he cuts open her after the beer is all over her shirt. Right. He cuts open her shirt like uh, with the pair of scissors, uh, almost like in, in a clockwork orange, where right, he right. just cuts where her nipples are. Um, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable just going into detail. Yeah, this this scene, this scene is so depraved that I'm even a little uncomfortable with it. Yeah. It does cut in with uh, Steve back at the video store who ends up calling Rick's house because Rick didn't show up to work that mm-hmm. day. Uh, and Rick's mother says that Rick went to Boston last night to visit a friend. He went to Boston. Yeah, yeah Boston. He went to go park a car. And see how Red Sox. And <laughs> say, chowder. Chowder. Teddy fucking ball game. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, we, we'll always take that opportunity. Always. Um, it, it, that's... That's a really disconcerting phone call because the idea that his mother is obviously hiding something or there's some sort of strangeness going on. Uh, of course, later on, we're meant to wonder if that really was his mother that he was talking to. Right, right. But uh, then it does cut back to Eli, and uh, what he's done, it, well, what he, he's shown to do, is he writes his name on this woman's chest with the straight razor. Yeah, well, Howard makes the suggestion. He said, well, yeah. you should carve your name uh, yeah. you know, on her with the razor. And, of course... Uh, Eli loves that idea, so he does. Yep. And if, but the problem is, is that now he needs to figure out something else. And here it is. <laughs> now, what do we use to dot the I? The ice pick. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a note in my in my notes. That says Howard's laugh is the worst. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. <laughs> they uh, they dot it with an ice pick. Yeah, so they stab her and kill her with the ice pick. Yeah. but it's great because it's one of those spring weapons, one of those like, retractable know, ones. Yeah, and he's really trying hard to make it look like it's going into her body. But when he takes it out, it does that little thing where it kind of springs out for a second, and right. it looks so great. Right, in its fakeness. <laughs> well, I love um, how Howard suggests he's like, do it nice and slow. Do yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, we uh, we then go to see Rachel at her place of work in the uh, the city office or whatever, <laughs> where she uh, where she has access to I guess the city's records, right. uh, and she decides, as she mentioned before, that she's going to find out where the postmaster's phone number is. She's going to find some excuse to call him. But when she tries to call long distance, all the circuits are busy. That seems suspicious. That seems incredibly suspicious. So she does what? Well, I think what she does is she waits like ten minutes. Yeah. Which, thankfully, they don't show in real time. (laughs) (laughs) Call that motherfucker Holmes! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so she she does. She tries to call again, and the circuits are still busy, so she ends up calling the operator, uh, who says that that she'll complete the call for her. But what happens instead is that she talks to a man. We see it cuts to a scene of of a man being set up to talk to her. Right, And yeah. it's obviously he's, not the postman. Right. He's given a file. I, what I love is that she asks him to verify his social security. And he's like, dah, 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 Yeah, you what's know? that again? And like, he's Let clearly fumbling with papers trying to find, <laughs> find the number. <laughs> and none of this is suspicious to her at all. She's nope, like, oh, not at all. Makes sense. You got it right. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, so so she actually at this point is fairly convinced because he has you know you would have to think at this point that it's a pretty large conspiracy. Yeah. If all of this stuff is is seems to be playing out okay. Yeah, and I mean I love how I love how they could have they could have stopped there. 
you know, like in mm-hmm. showing how big the conspiracy was. Like they, I mean, they obviously at this point, you know, city halls involved, right? You know, they could have stopped there. And I love how later they even go further with it, you know, uh, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, so well, we're back. Well, we're back to Steve now. And yeah, uh, I love how, how there we, we discover as this is going on that people are intentionally leading this couple on because yeah. uh, while his wife was on the phone, uh, a customer actually left a tape. Right. On his desk, and obviously intentionally for him to look at. Yeah. So he has it again. He locks up the video store, um, and he uh, he plays the tape. Right. And it's a tape of his own video store. Yeah, it's Howard and Eli at his video store. Uh, somehow they manage to get inside. I think they have, they a, have key. a key. I mean, I, yeah. uh, I guess if you have access to the whole town, that's not that big of a deal. I guess. Um, yeah, and so uh, Rick holds him off with a knife briefly. Uh, but he relents and says, okay, fine. You know what? No problem. Uh, I'll put down the knife. I'll get you the tape. No problem. Whatever. You know, just let me go. And... Hey, he'll give us the knife. He'll give us the tape. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Because, ha- because Howard and Eli, what they're known for is, uh, <laughs> compassion. Well, Rick doesn't know what they're known for at this point. Right. <laughs> he might think, I mean, I would imagine since Rick was left behind that there, there was a consideration that the person who left the tape the single person, the murderer, might try to come back and get it. So he's probably <laughs> thinking, if I give him the tape, they'll just walk off. But no, they choke him to death. Right. They lift him up and choke him to death. Yeah, it's kind of a brutal little strangle scene. Yeah, it is. Uh, and and Steve is effectively traumatized by it. And he calls his <laughs> wife immediately, and he tells her exactly what he saw. And uh, he decides... This time, <laughs> I'm going to go to the police again, but this time, I'm going to take the video with me. You know what I love about the tape is that it's clearly obvious that this is a working store and that he went out of his way to go all the way down to a spot where there's no tapes to right? lift him up onto the wall to strangle him. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, it's just a poster there. If you knock down the poster, no big deal. But obviously, <laughs> obviously the real owners of this place would get pissed off if you knock down an entire shelf of their tapes. Well, as we, as we discover, it's part of a bigger plan, so yeah. they don't want to destroy the place. Exactly. So he goes over to the uh, police. I love how the, he always has to deal with that cop who's at the desk in the front first. Yeah, he's he like talks. this, I, I love the lo- the yokel deputy who's like hunting peck typing like yeah. super slow, click, click, click. And he even says to Steve as he goes in, he goes, another act of video violence? Right, yeah. Wink. Title. <laughs> I also love that when he does go in to talk to the chief again, like the chief immediately is on his heels about like, what are you doing here? I've already checked on Rick. Ah, he's okay. I've been talking to his mother already. He's in Boston with some friends. <laughs> right. But but he's a little frustrated with Steve's uh, reappearance. Well, I love how he's clearly reading his script from within the pile of papers that he has. <laughs> like, that's my favorite trick. But, you know, I got to tell you, they, they kind of do it several times in this movie and I think there's really only one time when it's noticeable what he's doing it's not not sure. here not this isn't the time it's noticeable you I mean you it's clearly obvious that he's you know that he's uh checking on his script there but he's not like sitting there reading it it's not like barely sure. like lesbian vampires you know it's yeah yeah and yeah. it's not like Marlon Brando having it taped up in the trees or something <laughs> right right <laughs> but let, let's hear his reaction to when when he when Steve oh, first goes so in so good it's so Jesus Christ, Henry. I have had enough of this bullshit. I love him. 
I like how his frustration is completely unnecessary because he's just sitting at his desk. He yeah. obviously is in a town where he doesn't have much to do. Yeah. So the idea that the guy across the road has brought in a tape for him to watch this time, he's not even asking him to leave the office, <laughs> and he's super pissed off and frustrated. <laughs> but I, I, I love how he's like, you know, you guys have to have a VCR here, right? And he's like, yeah, we taped the drug drivers. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this is such a bizarre conspiracy. It's so weird. <laughs> But I, so, love, yeah. I love how when they bring when they bring him over to the VCR, he's still like an old man when it comes to like working the new technology. He's like, oh, you have to flip this nozzle here, and, you know, you got to calibrate this over here. Usually, the deputy does it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I love I, Steve. Is like they're getting more and more frustrated. It's like I do this for a living. <laughs> I know exactly how this works. He's like, I'm uh, paid to do this. Can we just? I don't on touch it. <laughs> so, uh, as uh, I'm sure nobody will be surprised to hear, the chief. When he puts the videotape in, he accidentally records over it instead of uh, playing the tape. You were on Leaving... record. <laughs> I like how he's semi-apologetic about it. <laughs> but oh, at, but oh. at the same time, he's blocking him from turning it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." <laughs> but again, more proof that Steve is sort of like a, a, a relatable character because when he goes home after the scene and he's talking to his wife again, he. He uh, he recognized that he was being blocked off, that this was an intentional thing that happened. Right. And he's decided he's going to start his own investigation. <laughs> he's a yeah. St- Steve, Bert-looking Steve, investigates. <laughs> uh, that should be a I, show I, un- unto itself. <laughs> Steve investigates. No, no, Bert-looking Steve. Bert. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, Bert-looking <laughs> Steve investigates. God damn it. Oh, Bert. Mm. Oh. Yeah, who's been who's been who's been uh, eating cookies in the bed? <laughs> That's oh, every first, episode. First, he'll talk to Ernie. Oh, I have a banana in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, high class comedy. So it's day three. <laughs> day three starts out really, really well. By the way, because we see a, a group of people who we haven't seen up to this point. They're just visitors. They're driving through. They're looking for a place to rent canoes. They drive up to a local convenience store in Delhi. There's generally one thing we know as regular watchers of this style of film, Mm -hmm. and that is when you see a character who you've never seen before, and it's already, I don't know, (laughs) 30, 40 minutes into a film, yeah. You have a general idea of what is going to happen to them. Yeah, we know, we know, we know what's happening yes. here. <laughs> <laughs> we we know. <laughs> uh, so these uh, two of them, there's three people in this in this uh, jeep, jeep, and two of them go into the convenience store, and they're you know they're looking around. Some guys they're complimenting the magazines <laughs> for some reason. This is a really great impre- selection of magazines you got here. <laughs> But I like it because this looks like a real store because it is. Yeah. And the people who are working there look it's like Ed's real Deli. people. Yeah. It looks. They're probably the real people who yeah. own that store. I love. I love the fact that um, that when they're in there, like I mean, they they don't even waste time letting you know that they're not locals because the second they walk out, they're like, okay, I'm gonna get directions on how to get to the thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, they purchase a few things and uh, uh, then they. They're like, oh, yeah, they forgot something. <laughs> I love how they're like, oh, yeah, no, let me, let me just play that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Where, how do we get to the place that runs the canoes? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. You laughed over that. I have to play that sorry, again. Sorry. Because this line is, this is one of, this is, if not the best delivery in the entire film. 
Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Where, how do we get to the place that runs the canoes? <laughs> yeah, that person's an actor. Oh. I almost forgot. Where, how? <laughs> oh yeah, I almost the forgot. Places uh, how, uh, the places that rents the canoes. The places that rents the canoes. Just just for that line delivery, he deserves what's about to happen to him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the owner, who's his, who's his friendly old coot, uh, he uh, offers uh, the, the guy and his, I guess his girlfriend, some lemonade, some homemade yeah, look, lemonade. Yeah, look, he's like, you know, we just, we just whipped some up, young fellers. You want some, uh, want some lemonade? You know, they're like, yeah, sure. I love how one of the glasses is like wrapped in like uh, masking tape. For some reason, <laughs> you know, and uh, and of course it's poisoned. Of course yes. it is, you know, and the reactions that they have to the poisoning are so different and extreme, but hilarious nonetheless. The guy just kind of gives sort of an understated, uh, it just drops, you know, but the woman screams, not yeah. like uh, she doesn't just yell. She doesn't talk loudly. She screams, shit, we've been poisoned. <laughs> That's right. She's like, we've been poisoned. She goes, shit, we've been poisoned. That's it. The dude just accepts it. He's He's like, like, oh, I've been poisoned. I'm going down. He's like, at least I got to see that awesome selection of magazines before I died. (laughs) (laughs) But he wasn't even dead yet. He hits the ground and then throws up a little bit and then slumps over more. And uh, as this is all going on, uh, Eli and Howard arrive (laughs) with the video camera because they got to see it. Right. Uh, And uh, they immediately kill the woman in the Jeep. Stab her right through the neck. Uh, by the way, the sheriff, or or not the the some police representative, is there at the scene and is blocking the door intentionally, right? Just, just to show how how wide this conspiracy is. <laughs> yeah, you see this like ominous look as somebody's looking through the door and slides it over to close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Howard runs in. Can I just ask where... you? Can I ask you a question? How sure. ridiculous does Howard look running in that outfit I that know, he's wearing? I know. He's got this very tight T-shirt on, it's and very it's like it's looking. sheer. It's yeah. It's it's basically see-through, and he's got like suspenders and blue jeans on, and he's running <laughs> with the with the video <laughs> the camera, camera that's got the microphone attached to it. It looks so ridiculous. And he runs in, and he sees the. He's like, "Did I miss all the fun?" Let's actually hear it. I think we have this as a clip. Did I miss all the fun? No way. It's just begun. <laughs> <laughs> Something from a Christmas special. <laughs> And it really is. I mean, they go super overboard about what's what's going to happen because the shopkeeper yeah. comes out with like an electric knife. Yeah, and he cuts he, the woman's like a, head off like an electric t- carving knife. Yep, he slices her head off. You only get to see it for a second as it falls off, and that's probably exactly the right amount of time. It was because any more, we would have noticed yeah. really quickly what it really looked it like. It was. I mean, for you know, it was surprisingly well edited. We'll say yes. Uh, and then, and then, of course, they pick up the uh, the head, walk it over to a large pot, and soups on, <laughs> soups on. So I guess they're cannibals too. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> well, no, they. Yeah, it seems like they are because yeah, uh, they are because yeah, that's right. Because what about because what's about to happen? Yeah. <laughs> well, just to, to let you know, Eli dumps the first body down kind of a, a embankment like a and he waves goodbye. Yeah. And Howard tells the guy at the deli that he wants uh, a half a pound arm. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, cut it clean and take it to the slicer and give me a half a pound arm. Like, it's it's the most awkward writing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> cut it clean, then take it and then take it to the slicer and give me a half pound of arm. <laughs> And they do. We show, we do. It shows them cut the arm. I don't Which know is, what. It's baloney. 
Yeah, it is. It's so yeah. weird, though. It's kind of uncomfortable to look well, at. Well, no, what they did, what they did, and, and if I'm wrong, then I, I mean, I doubt I'm wrong. May but, lightning strike yeah, you down. Yeah, may light, lightning strike me. But they, it seemed like they took baloney, carved the middle section out of it, and filled that middle section with, like, fake blood, basically. And although not a lot, just kind of like a coating of it, and then ran it through a slicer because obviously this is a slicer for a real deli, and they're not going to <laughs> destroy it for some fucking movie. But <laughs> of course, of course not, <laughs> of course not. You know, but I, but I like how there's no resistance to like any kind of bone whatsoever. Yeah, you know, but but it's yeah, they slice off the arm, or as I like to call it, baloney. Then we get uh, probably the most superfluous scene in the entire movie where Ridiculously we see this bearded guy who's just sort of like digging. He's digging a hole. He's digging a hole and he's getting a little tired and the sun's starting to go <laughs> down. So he's talking to himself the whole time. Yeah. He goes inside his house. He uh, he's reads the TV guide. Nothing's on. <laughs> so he puts on one of the Eli videos. I love this. He's like, well, I'll give, I guess I'm done with work for the day. You know, and he grabs, he grabs his drink. It's his goes, own monologue. Yeah. <laughs> like he literally has his own... Like, he's, like, his own Daniel Stern in The Wonder Years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, better look at the TV guide. Ah, nothing's oh, on. Oh, nothing's on. Okay, well, let's see. I got this video the other day. Let's see what that's about. Okay, here we go. But the, yeah. pro- the, the best part is that once the video starts, like, he's, like, encouraging them through the video. <laughs> that's right. But because, because the video is so loud and he's really poorly mic'd <laughs> that, <laughs> that you can't hear anything he say. Just every now and again, you kind of hear him going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Do it. <laughs> the video is it, – it, they're doing that effect, the Tom Savini effect, where they have a machete with a, with a leg shape cut out of it. Right. So it looks like it's embedded in a woman's leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it looks fine. And he's enjoying it. In fact, he enjoys it so much. After watching it, he goes, "All right, that wasn't too bad." <laughs> Put some pressure on it. Put your weight into it. Uh, and uh, <laughs> put your ankle this in is, it. Put your ankle in it. Um, we uh, we then go back to the plot, <laughs> right? Where we see Rachel go into that same deli that we saw before. Rachel being Steve's wife, uh, and she orders American cheese and bologna. Hey, I wonder if her bologna ended up being piece of arm well i couldn't help but i couldn't help but think that when you know when she asked for bologna and i love how she asks for yellow american cheese yeah i don't know what you america you know we we don't call it american cheese here what do you call uh, it well we just call it uh cheese uh, yeah we just call it cheese yeah. cheese slices right <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> craft singles but that yeah, but that don't... yellow the yellow one is just yeah oh makes so me processed sick. and awful sick yeah and while she's buying this, uh, she's she's looking around, and someone slips a videotape into her purse. Right. In fact, it's great because all the people who are in the store look at her weird, like like through the corner of their eye as soon as she comes in. They're obviously just kind of standing there, not shopping at all. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned earlier, Mo, I did. that uh, that Steve, he he has a his hair. It, it it we see it in a ponytail to, to this point, but now we're going to see it unfurled in its full glory oh it is i mean man it belongs on mullet hunter it's so it's beautiful it's really really nice because it's almost like processed like it's almost like there's got to be some kind of product in it because it doesn't it's not dry you know it looks it was at this point in the movie which by the way we're probably we're half we're more than halfway through (laughs) thank you for cutting me off of that line by the way i didn't know where (laughs) i was going with that at this point this is where i realized i was watching it i'm like 
oh, so Steve is going to be the main character in the movie. (laughs) 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 This guy is going to be the main character. This this is where I finally kind of, I was like, oh, okay. I thought he was just going to be kind of like a side, sideways. uh, Yeah, because up until that point, he's, I mean, who is he? He's just some guy who finds tapes. This, now, this is my favorite part of the movie, where him and his wife decide to sit down and watch the video that the person has slipped into her purse. Yeah. <laughs> uh because this video has slightly higher production values than the snuff videos that we've watched up to this point. If you want to say so, sure. <laughs> they open with this really If by higher production values you mean that there is a really poorly done like analog effect of, you know, of like colors in a weird echo effect. Uh, in, in it has it has an opening credits, Mo. It has fine. The, it has an opening credits, and it has a title. This one's called "The Vampire, the Vampire Takes, Takes a Bride." A bride. <laughs> it sounds like a Jess Franco movie. Yeah, but I love. Yeah, it does. It really does sound like a Jess Franco movie. But I love how it's like it's like a film within the film. Like a like, yes, how meta, and it's it's such as <laughs> the idea that that the uh, videos that they're that are being created in this case that the townspeople are watching that they're improving in terms of their production value <laughs> right. slightly i think it's really hilarious that they're actually like going through with editing and music at this did, point um, did did you recognize the woman or did you not realize who that was until the end i didn't realize it until the end uh, just because the people listening don't know what we're talking about yeah. the woman that we see on this video is the woman who brought in the baby earlier right now I uh, have to admit I thoroughly did not recognize her. No, at no. all. She looks slightly different here, and also yeah. you get to see her topless. So I wasn't really paying attention to her face. That's true. I was, in fact, in fact, I hate to admit it, but in my notes it simply says "booby." Ah, yeah, very good. I'm very classic. I'm classic. classic Mo. I'm very classy. <laughs> so this movie is awful. Uh, all it is is a woman combing her hair, and uh, Dracula comes in through, uh, or a vampire, not necessarily Dracula, comes in through Let, the window. Let's, let's get it right. Okay, it's Vampire Freddie Mercury. Comes yes, Vampire Freddie Mercury with big fake teeth uh, comes in and he, he bites her a couple of times and then he stabs her in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> and we see her holding on uh, to her intestines before he plays around with her guts a bit. Right, now this is the scene where where we have the really, really terrible like analog slow motion, you know, where yes. oh, it's so bad. Because like in videos, like when you do it in video... Yes. When you, it's just, it, you're literally just inching frame by frame. That's right. Right. You know? so, that's right. Cause you can't lengthen those frames. All right. you can do is slow down how, how quickly they're going. Exactly. In Cause there's no way it with videotape to speed up or slow down, you know? So you can't exact, you can, it's not like you can record it faster for, you know, for a slow motion playback. It just doesn't work like that. The mm-hmm. only way you can do it is this herky jerky kind of slow motion. And it was like headache inducing. Yeah. But the thing is it works in the context of the movie because it it's supposed to, it's supposed to be uh, you know a cheesy looking video. Right, right. Uh, that just happens to be slightly better looking than than the non-edited snuff movies that they'd watched up to this right. point. Right. And it's just it's just short enough that it doesn't like give you like you know any it doesn't give you a migraine or anything. I mean it just it's just painful to watch for the second it's on there. I like how Rachel's first thought is that maybe this is an actual movie. (laughs) (laughs) And Steve immediately recognizes that it's not. I love what he says, by the way. Again, a little kind of meta commentary. Right. Now, that looked like a professional film. Did all the other ones have titles? No. No titles, no music. 
That doesn't look like a Hollywood vampire movie either. I mean, first off, it was daylight. Secondly, you could see his reflection in the mirrors. And obviously, somebody took time to edit it. <laughs> I love, I love that part of that is sort of like uh, internet geek message board. It's like you could see his reflection right, in the right, mirrors. Right, right. Where's the detail on this thing? I like, I like, I like how they're pointing that out in the film, like before anybody else has a chance to point it out. <laughs> That's right. What kind of shitty vampire movie is this? <laughs> they're like, hmm, we could spend some money and goods and do some, uh, some like optical effects to make it not do that. Or we could just acknowledge that it's there and move on. But again, they go this extra level uh, in a, that a lot of movies wouldn't, which is that, well, the first thing they need to do is prove that this isn't an actual movie that exists. Yeah. So he decides that, that he's going to call his old projectionist at the theater that he used to own right. because he's a big horror geek. And he would know if this is a real movie or not. The way that the conspiracy plays into this is so <laughs> ridiculous. This is really ridiculous. I, I do have to mention, though, um, apparently in my notes, even though I forget writing this, it says Steve her, recognizes her as yeah. a member. Yes. But I didn't recall seeing her, so it's weird. Anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, he says it. He goes that she used to come into the store with her baby, so we're, we're supposed to know who she was at that point. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> Omo. No, um, no, I mean, I, I didn't until he mentioned it. Right, So right. he calls, and once again, he can't get a uh, a line out right, right. to a long-distance line. It's weird. It's just a recording saying all long-distance circuits are busy. I like. I think his wife says, it could be one of those low-budget movies they made for the home video market. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, uh, that's almost has Todd Cheat's level of transparency. It really does. It really does. Referencing. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, they dial the... Uh, operator and he puts the operator sorry puts him through to the theater quotation marks and there's a recording which he says hey we didn't have a recording before and it says that they're playing a double feature of night of the living dead and the vampire takes a bride that four minute movie that they just watched my my problem my problem with this with this is that there's no audio like it's just him sitting there with a phone it's strange isn't it yeah yeah like, it's weird not why... to hear the other side. I mean, granted, he tells you what it says almost immediately, but it's just, mm-hmm. like, it would have been, that one little touch would have made that scene so much better just to have yeah. the option to hear it. It's Yeah, like, you're right. That's a kind of an odd thing. But yeah. I love that at this point, it's like the town are just is just fucking with them, right. right? It's just like, oh, I mean, they're almost like laughing. It's like, yeah, the, this is a recording that they're going to be playing the movie you just watched. But I like, <laughs> I like how it's at this point that they finally start discussing the possibility of this whole thing being a plot. Right. You know, like, I mean, we're literally, I mean, we only have one more clip left to the film. So we're at the end of the movie. Yeah, you we know? we know that we're coming close to finding out how this whole thing is going to turn yeah. out. Ridiculous. <laughs> so now at this point is where they start to act in ways that I wouldn't necessarily act. After this sort of level of proof, I probably would leave town and maybe find a motel <laughs> to work out what the heck we're going to do next. Right, right. And I and but, I'm with you on that one. I wouldn't I wouldn't have stayed after that. But they just go to bed. <laughs> he doesn't even seem that worried about it. <laughs> The idea that maybe the entire town is murdering people, but he's just going to go to bed. And, uh, but she's decided she's not going to go into work the next day because she's kind of spooked. She's going to come in and go through the membership files at his workplace and, and see if she can find yeah, out if anything is wrong. Exactly. And so now we're on day four. Day four. Now, the first thing I, I, I love, I love the way my brain works sometimes because the first thing I said to myself when, as day four started was, is that a Chevette? <laughs> is, that, is that what the one that Steve is driving? Yeah, Steve drives a little he, green Chevette. His, his 
car yeah that sucks <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i haven't seen one of those since i was a kid <laughs> it's like a you so, so steven and uh and uh rachel are in the video store she's going through the membership files i love this part too because the first thing that happens now that they're open is it is the guy who comes in is that the mustache guy from the beginning or is it a different mustache? no i think guy? it's a different mustache guy okay um but i love how much this guy looks like barry gillis from things <laughs> well, let's pretend it is him. I would, uh, because I would gladly. It, I love that. I spent a lot of time in video stores, just kind of hanging out in them in you my and me teens. Both, man. And when people came in looking for porno, they, you know, they were they weren't so clear about it. They would right. just be like, "You guys got any adult tapes?" Something like this. This guy's like, "Do you have any triple X tapes? Yeah. Do you do you have any triple X films?" And of course, of course he does. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, we have a whole room full of them in the back. And then he starts asking like the prices and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I got, I got to tell you, like it, it, the very first video store that I ever had a real membership to, I mean, you know, like there were, I'm very, I'm a very lucky person. Like the town I grew <laughs> up in had three really good video stores in it that weren't like blockbusters or stuff like that. So, uh, and that's kind of rare, but, uh, so, so the first video store that I was a member to, I only rented video games from. I never rented movies from. I was only interested sure. in like their selection of Sega Genesis games. Absolutely, you know. And then, but the but the very first place that I had my own membership to, uh, yeah, I used to hang out there all the time. And it took me it took me maybe like a month before I before I started really exploring the place and find and trying to find their porn section without uh, setting myself off, you know. Uh, not, that's, no, that sounded so wrong. That sounded so off. wrong. That's not what I meant at all. Oh God, that's sorry for the imagery, folks. Um, no, that's not what Mo, I meant. I meant Mo's if, asking questions, just spurting all over try, the fucking floor. <laughs> just arcs of jism. Sir, where is your triple X to? <laughs> oh, mercy! <laughs> oh God, uh, the oh, horror! Made a big mess, sir. <laughs> the horror. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, before I, I, I was trying to be inconspicuous about it you know yes right until you gain the confidence that's like yeah hey, until i until porn, until sir. i made f- at least a friend there and i could be like hey i want to rent these you know where's your jerk off video yeah exactly <laughs> you know which is which is sort of ironic because by the time i stopped going to there i literally would have just walked in and said hey i you know uh where's like the anal videos you know right um, where's, where's the dvda videos <laughs> Come on, what is this place <laughs> you don't have any of those what about extreme <laughs> fisting <laughs> um. so, so while this guy's yeah. looking at porn uh, another woman comes in that she's Joanna Barker and she's visiting from out of town Ooh. and she's looking she's not looking for a horror movie or some porn she's looking for something kind of uh, a classic comedy classic Laurel comedy Hardy or Abbott and Costello and Steve is so relieved to hear this because <laughs> everyone you know they all love porn they all love slasher movies but she uh she, she used to live in the town, but has moved away, and she actually has a perspective that's very similar to theirs. She notices that people act kind of funny, and she also notices that the big thing to do on Saturday nights in this town is to sit at home in front of the tube with popcorn, a big bowl of popcorn, big bowl of popcorn, and watch people getting killed on what appear to be homemade horror movies. I love how quickly they confide in her. Yes, you know, like there's no vetting process at all. There's simply she she makes one off comment about you know it's weird how these guys like horror so much. Yeah, and, right? and they're like, yeah, you're my new best friend. <laughs> well, they're, I mean, I think they've 
they've ran into nothing but people who are theoretically part of the conspiracy. So right, when they have right. this this one person who just seems to have some sort of sense to her, right. they immediately latch onto it. I love that immediately they, their thought was, we need to get one of these tapes of as real proof again, <laughs> even though something always happens. Yeah. So if you could go to one of your friend's places and borrow one for us, that would be really terrific. Right. And that's what it looks like is is going to happen. She leaves the video store, gets on a bike, and then Eli and Howard pull up. Yeah, th- and this is a good. Th- this was actually a pretty good twist as well, because like, yeah, like, I, did, I did not see it coming. You know, no. it's like, oh, great! So they just confided in this woman. You know, because it still seems innocent enough. You know, up until this point, it's like you're you're like, okay, so they're they're confiding in this woman. She's going to bring him a tape tomorrow when she returns the thing back. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they're, they'll probably, I assume at this point, they're probably thinking, okay, let's just get out of town and, uh, or they're probably thinking to themselves, let's go back to the cops again. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but no, Eli and Eli and Howard show up, they grab her, uh, toss her in the back. I like how they have to lift the seat up to get, <laughs> to get her in the back. <laughs> and they drive off and, uh, Steve and Rachel notices. So they jump into the car and yeah. drive after them. Well, they, have like enough, how... they, they have enough time to, to close and lock the shop. <laughs> He's like, I'll start the car up. You lock the shop up. They drive after them. I like that it's a case where, like, Rachel's like, what are you going to do when you catch them? And he's like, I don't know, right? He really doesn't know. Right. right? He, he, he just is following because he, he knows that they're going to kill this woman, so he has to. Right. But right. it's not what it seems. Mm. This is the big twist, folks. So if you, <laughs> if you haven't already guessed at this point, you got to be pretty dumb because there's like five minutes left in the fucking movie. I got I to tell you, I kind of love how they stop the car and get out of it. And they're just standing in front of their car. And <laughs> yes. Howard, Howard and Eli walk directly past them with their kidnap victim. And, <laughs> and like Howard's got a knife and he's just going, it's none of your business. That's right. <laughs> none of your business. They're totally going to kill this woman. And he's just standing. I also love that somehow, despite the fact that they pass right in front of them and go into the house, that when Steve and Rachel go in there, they've somehow gotten far enough ahead of them. <laughs> they have to sort of like walk down a flight of stairs right. to see what's going on. Uh-huh. Uh, it's also kind of unfortunate that there, it looks like there's a glitch in the master of this video. So like, there's a big tracking thing when they try to go down the stairs. Yeah. Uh, well, it also, just, it also doesn't help that they didn't think to turn the audio off for this scene. Cause you get all you hear, you know, like every single step. Yeah, absolutely. So they get to the bottom of the stairs and cue the big reveal. Rachel, Steve, welcome. Hey, don't be shy. Come on in. We have been absolutely breathless with anticipation. Now, haven't we, friends and neighbors? Yeah. <laughs> like there's like four people behind her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, in case have. you don't know. That's Joanna Barker. That's the woman that they confided in. What? She's what? What? Uh, <laughs> apparently, uh, she is the leader of this massive town-wide conspiracy. What a uh, bitch! Because it's now this is where like the commentary gets super in your face. Right? What's go- Yeah, this is a town that is embracing the age of video violence. Yeah. Because. They're, they love horror movies so much that the town decided to make their own brand of down home snuff. They're like the they're like Magneto. They you know they they say this Magneto. Is, this is yes. I, I went there. <laughs> <laughs> this is the next evolution of humankind. You know, like you get with us, you're either with us or against us. Except yeah. he, they're not going to be giving them the option to be with. No, them. <laughs> no. Uh, well, I mean, there is an explanation. Is sort of a culty. 
uh, almost uh, almost like Wicker Man or Shaun of the Dead-ish, not Shaun of the Dead, sorry, uh, Hot Fuzz-ish. Right. Uh, I guess I'm spoiling that movie too, uh, where the whole town is in on it, and when people Whoops. tried to leave, that's why they got killed. So when the postmaster really tried to move to Florida, instead of him giving away the secret of the town, they had to kill him instead. Right. And that woman with the baby, she was trying to leave to become an actress, so they made her think that she was in a movie yeah. and then killed her. Well, they said they, they said they stick to transients or hitchhikers or people who want to leave. Yes, yeah. exactly. Or outsiders that come to town, like big New York folks. <laughs> with their new, new York City! With their new, new York folks with their funny drugs. I love that everyone in this basement, and there's a ton of people in there. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think they're trying to imply that the entire town is in the basement. That the entire town is in this basement. Yeah. All of them have weapons. <laughs> like there's, there's massive variety, and they show this woman who must be in her 70s or 80s, yeah, yeah, and yeah. she's got this broken pool cue. <laughs> I just love yeah, she's, I'm going to get him too. <laughs> Let me at him. I'm going to get him too. Uh, I, but I, love, I love how, like, as soon as they sort of start to descend on him, this one dude starts... Starts up a chainsaw and it just <laughs> drowns everything else out. Like the second, yeah. and this the isn't whole... a dubbed on sound effect. That's the sound of a chainsaw. Yeah, it's the sound of a chainsaw, and it just it drowns everything else out. I mean, it peaks that microphone so bad. And uh, they go after Stephen and Rachel. And if you're thinking that maybe they might make a last minute escape, no, sir. Nope. <laughs> Day five epilogue. epilogue. <laughs> The video store is under new management. <laughs> I love how, yeah. It, so they do this sort of like pan inside, and there's this new section there that says, you must be a lifer to rent these. And I got to tell you, I love those I'm a lifer t-shirts. Yeah. You know, like I, I the problem, like I, I know where you can get them, but they don't sell them in my size. It's a big, <laughs> it's a big problem. I, I love those shirts so much. I want one. It's the only thing in yellow I would ever own. <laughs> Only thing yellow I'd ever Look, own. When you're the Green Lantern, you can't have yellow. You got yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got to cafe press that shit. Uh, I know, but they don't go my size. <laughs> oh yeah, well we'll figure something. We'll out. figure something out. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll sew a few together. Right. Uh, so you get a, a you get to see the townspeople. Yeah, these movies these these movies that can only be rented by lifers basically just have like handwritten uh, people's names just and names, their birth yeah. and death date. Yeah, it's got like their their year of birth and death on the front of it <laughs> in case you were to wonder what it was. And I love I love uh, how the vampire guy's there and he's got his fake teeth. And he's like, I'll bite your neck. <laughs> and she's like laughing at him because she's like, oh, you're uh, so funny. Yeah. So because what's her name? Uh, Joanna is, is running, running the store it, yeah. now. Yeah. So, uh, oh, and she's she, everyone who comes in, she's like, you got to check out this new video we have. Right. And it's uh, basically just a video of, of the corpses of Steve and Rachel. Right. It's, it, we have the same effect that was used for uh, The Vampire Takes a Bride, that, yeah. that uh, video effect. And, uh, and it just says, a hot new video. And then, <laughs> and then, we, and then we get the shot of the Emery's uh, dead. And then it's a twist. Credits. Big twist ending. Yes. It's actually not much of a twist since we we'd already yeah it's pretty the opposite of a twist yeah and that's it that's the end of video violence yay yay it's it's a very different kind of movie right but I mean it's this, so good it is it's good uh, and it's kind of really engaging when you're watching it because of the mystery element of it because yeah. you want to see it play out you want to see what is going on the resolution doesn't really make any sense it doesn't matter. I mean I. I understand what they're getting at, the idea that violence... That, I mean, to be honest, it's a really... For people like us, 
it's a really shitty message, a very conservative message, right? right, right Which right, is right. that this town got obsessed with violent movies, so they decided to start killing people to make their own. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, maybe they, if they were, if this movie was made in 1998 or 2001, then it would be like they were playing violent video games and decided to make their own. Right. Uh, well, I guess that wouldn't really work. But, you know, the, the idea is that uh, the message that you keep hearing from kind of conservative pundits about the effects of violent movies on people, this is a movie that sort of celebrates that. Yeah. Even though it is a violent movie. It, it, well, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it has a lot of, like, meta elements to it. And, mm-hmm. and I, think, I think one of the best ones is how, how much it talks shit about the idea of violent movies and yet is one. I think that's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> uh, I just want to go through quickly the IMDb plot keywords for Ooh, video it. violence. We get video store, okay. blood splatter, nice. wet t-shirt, yes. hand cut off, nice. disfigured nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Their nipples aren't disfigured. <laughs> no. Dismembering a dead body. Okay. Black comedy. Hmm. T- title ends with period. <laughs> I don't know why that's there. Sure. Uh, snuff film, bodily mutilation, dismemberment, slasher, decapitation, and female nudity. Mm. All the things that you need in order to make a successful film. I was going to say, that's a Indeed. list of what you need to make a successful yes. film. Except for the disfigured nipples. Yeah, except not necessarily. For the, yeah, it's not, that's not accurate at all. <laughs> Her nipples were fine. They were all fine nipples. They, they, that, that, every single nipple in this movie was perfectly fine. If you take nothing else away from this podcast, know that, that the, the nipples... nipples <laughs> were absolutely okay. They were a-okay. Tell your friends. <laughs> in fact, in fact, if you're friends with me on Facebook, just go look up the picture I posted. Um, yeah. Oh, if you want, go on to my Tumblr. You'll see disfigured nipples. <laughs> <laughs> but do me a favor and don't report me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that's video violence. It's a very interesting, you know, especially when you talk about that era of like a mid 1980s shot on video when you talk about Blood Cult and The Ripper right. and uh, movies around that time period, it's not as good as Sledgehammer, right? Uh, which is good in a slightly different kind of way. Yeah. But it's a complete experience, right? It's a real. It feels like a real movie, except for how it looks. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I. Uh, it's a. It's a great movie. Um. I think around that time, you know, like you had a lot, there was a lot of shit going on. There was either, you know, there were movie, there were people making movies who really didn't know what they were doing. uh, And so they just went straight to VHS. So they were, you know, so they weren't shooting on film and wasting money doing that. And you ended up with a ton of crap, you know, I mean, and it's still happening now because you, any moron with a DSLR can make a film basically. Um, but we, we, we know that from personal I know experience. that from personal experience, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to my YouTube page. Um, <laughs> but uh but I think I think that it take that it took a certain kind of mind to make something as oddly brilliant as video violence was. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and it's a movie which actually has something to say, even if it's something that we wouldn't necessarily always agree with. Right. But, you know, this is a, this is a I mean, I would call this a classic of the shot on video era, Without especially the 80s era. And this is one of those movies that when you see the popularity <laughs> Wait, of I'm sorry, did you say especially growing, the music? No, I didn't, but the music is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about the movies that would, uh, like the real plethora of shot on video that would happen in the early 90s, uh, 
without the influence of movies like this and some of the other ones we'll be covering in the very near future, you wouldn't have had that. You wouldn't have had right. the, the uh, kind of proof of concept that you could get a movie like this into video stores. Because that's the thing. This movie, I used to see it in video stores all the time. Yeah. I think I think probably it was a pretty easy sell to video store owners since it was all about a video store owner. Right. <laughs> and because it was shot on video, it was probably significantly cheaper than than anything else they were pulling. Absolutely. In. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know what sort of financial. Right. Right. Uh. Yeah. We like this movie. It. 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 it it's. At this point, I'm sure it's made its money back, but I'm sure it didn't cost that much. But the fact that this movie has been released on a special edition DVD, right? <laughs> that's a, I mean, that's a pretty great accomplishment. It's Not, pretty amazing. To uh, think two, about. two special edition, at that's least, right. at least two, because I know that, um, I mean, Camp put out the basement box set. There's another one that's oh, I forget who puts it out, uh, but it's just Video Violence one and two, and it comes with an I'm a Lifer T-shirt. Um, and <laughs> that's cool, by the way. That's really awesome. That is really cool. By the way, uh, I didn't realize this. And it's not. It's not worth that. it. It's way too expensive. Of uh, course, you know. But, well, I, I mean, like the basement, you know, was was cheap. It was the perfect price point for what it was. But uh, yeah. Anyway, what were you saying? Oh, just just that I didn't realize that Frenchtown, New Jersey, which is uh, this whole movie was shot in New Jersey. That Frenchtown, New Jersey, is a real place. <laughs> Who knew it? Well, I, it, I wonder well, how they feel about this movie. Well, you know, it's I'm, they probably love it because I mean, like when when the uh, when the chief angrily says that he personally drove the guy, he says he drove him to Newark. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it, it it's yeah. it's presented as if it's a real location. The it, uh, the Wikipedia page right. for Frenchtown, New Jersey, says that the the borough's population is one thousand three hundred seventy three. So it really does match that kind of very small town aura right, that's right, being presented. Right. That's pretty cool. That uh, cool. But yeah. I bet, I bet if you go there, everyone is still talking about video violence. Tala! <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I'm going for surrealistic podcast. Oh, my nuts! <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have that one ready. <laughs> uh, I probably will check out video violence, too, since I've never seen oh, it. Oh, yeah, no, but... no. I'm going to say that if you like video violence, you should check out video violence, too. You will probably not like it. But I think I think if you liked the first one, you should wa- you should at the very least watch the second one. Now, the guy who plays Steve Emery is in Video Violence too. Is it just clips from the first one, or how how is that? Do you remember? Uh, I think that he has a very small role in it. Um, it's not like the show is based around uh, entirely around Howard and Eli, uh, or right. I should say the movie is based entirely around Howard and Eli. But I think. If my memory serves correctly, I think that the Emerys come on as guests on the show at some point. Classic. Um, But they're also uh, the the Neils because they're a real couple or were at the very least. They were also both in Captives as well. And, And their performance in Captives is really good. It does say on the IMDb that uh, that the woman who plays Rachel, Jackie Neal, that she sings a song in Video Violence too called The Alligator Blues. Oh, right. Okay, now i got to see this movie just to see. This sounds crazy that it, they would make a is. sequel to this. It's insane. And ha- have it like a talk show. It's like a variety show. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's very strange. <laughs> 
But, but you know, hey, it was a strange period in history. Right. <laughs> so, for people who are interested in shot on video movies, and you must be if you're listening to this fucking podcast, yeah, I was gonna you say, should you... definitely <laughs> check out Video Violence. It really seems actually that most of the people say on the Facebook group have already seen it. A lot of people responded strongly yeah. when they heard we were covering it. This is a movie that is very well known. Well, I think I think at this point, you know, we have enough of a like legitimate following uh, for the show that I, I think it would only make sense that most of our listeners would have seen uh, video violence by this point, since it is, it's, it's, it's on par with like the sledgehammers and the five, five, fives. And, sure. You know, it's the, a shame that we're going to lose half our audience after switching our RSS. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think we'll see. I think, I think they'll all switch over. It's, it's very simple and easy, and even a moron like me can do it. Uh, it, it will make it as easy as possible for you folks. Uh, we'll post it everywhere. We will post it everywhere. Uh, Mo. Me. That's it. That's video violence. It We're is. done with it. It's great. Everyone check it out. We have already announced what the next movie being covered is. Yep. Do you recall what it is? Boarding House. Boarding House from 1982. M- most... People, you know, it's funny. There was a time period when people, uh, whenever they referred to the first shot on video movie to get a wide release, they would always say Blood Cult. Mm. Now, we've already covered Sledgehammer from 1983, uh, but even before that, there was Boarding House (laughs) from 1982, which uh, it just recently, I mean, there's a 30th anniversary DVD edition of this movie. How wild is that? That is crazy. So it's good. I mean, we're going right back to the beginning of what this show is all about, really. Even though we've covered movies that are older than this, when we're talking about shot on video, micro budget, you know, getting this released somehow, this is the beginning. So this is it's it's, it's exciting. It's important for us to cover this movie. Right. And that's it. Next episode, Boarding House. And after that, there's even more special stuff coming. But we're not going to tell you what that is. Right. Right. You bloody well right. (laughs) You got a bloody right to say. Right. Right? All right. (laughs) Mo, if people want to contact us in some way, what's the best way for them to do so? Um, I would say at this point, the easiest way would be to hop on over to the Facebook. The Facebook. As the kids call it. Uh, (laughs) Go to Facebook.com slash groups slash no budget nightmares. You know, join up and uh, follow along with the exploits of Mr. Doug Tilly and Mo Porn. Absolutely, and you'll see uh, special updates about what's going on there. You'll see photos, animated gifts from our work. You'll see some of the directors pop in and have a little chat as well, and uh, and all sorts of of wild goodness takes place there. Yeah, you'll, you can see, also... you'll see directors come on and yell at us about possibly and... covering their films. <laughs> yes, you'll see you'll see certain well known directors <laughs> sometimes come in and yell specifically at me for even breaching the idea of yeah. somehow covering their films someday. Oh, uh, hilarious. And maybe they weren't yelling. Maybe it just looked that way. It was in all caps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, sorry. Hey, hey, Doug, do we even have an email address anymore? Uh, you, we we're we're going to have a brand new email address very very all soon. Right. So are we keeping that to ourselves for now? We'll keep it to ourselves okay. for now. But if ever anyone wants to contact us just for this week, why don't you come on over to either our Facebook page or check us out on Twitter? Uh, you are at drunk on VHS on one am. word, and I am at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. And, of course, you also want to check out both the Drunk on VHS podcast, which you can find where, Mo? Uh, DrunkOnVHS.com. That's right. And they're pumping out. And they're, 
the next one to be released, it'll be released uh, <laughs> at the point that we're recording this in just a few days. Yeah. It, you're covering three Django movies, and it was I'm on that episode, and it was awesome. Yep, it's you and the gentleman who does all of the music at the end of our shows, uh, Mr. Rue Raymond. You know, we didn't get a chance to talk about the last episode, the Kindergarten Ninja song that oh he did. Oh, my God, I love but it. But it, it was great. I, I mean, he, it. They just get better he, and better. They just get better and better. And that was the first time I had an opportunity to record uh, a podcast with Rue, and he was great. He, like, he was really, really good on it. Yeah. Um, to the point where, of course, we don't allow guests on this show. No. <laughs> <laughs> but if we were going to, he's one of the people I would consider. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I... I... I, well, I don't want to talk about it too much, but I, I do yeah. want to mention the fact that I have had, I have personally had to turn away at least three people. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, More to come, I'm, I'm sure. I'm like, yeah, we don't really do guests on the show here, but <laughs> I tell you what, <laughs> if you want to come <laughs> on to my show. I still know, I know we should never have let John Cross on this show. That's the problem. You, that, it opened, it's like it, it opened up the door up the just door. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you can also find uh, me over at the Above the Line podcast. You can search for that on Facebook or at the Above the Line podcast dot com. But aside from that, Mo, we got nothing else to say and nothing else to do. So much more exciting stuff to happen in the next few weeks, right? Including Christmas <laughs> or Hanukkah, if that's your bag, or Kwanzaa, Christmaka. Yeah, yeah. Spor- Whatever you like to celebrate. Spor- it's, it's a very it's a very celebratory time of the year, and I hope uh, everyone has. Well, I shouldn't be wishing them happy holidays. We'll be back before then. I was going to say, we're, yeah, we are going to be back before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, but I do want to wish everybody a merry festivus mm-hmm. for the rest of us. <laughs> let, let's end this episode with us uh, showing our feats of strength. <laughs> <laughs> The airing of grievances. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's, here's my feats of strength. Okay, here we go. Come on, Sass, let's do it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> he was a bit of a pushover. You shouldn't have grabbed his tits. I, <laughs> I have, I have to admit that he let me win. Now he has a regular nipple. <laughs> <laughs> a, dis- a disformed nipple. That's right. Oh, before we uh, devolve into this revelry, let's uh, let's say goodnight. Good night. Good night. What a pretty town. What a strange off-putting pretty town That never had a video store But had so many VCRs around And the local folk All the strange off-putting local folk Don't know Abbott from Costello But love seeing ladies hide and gagged and bound I wanna say it's quaint But Mayberry it ain't That doesn't make any sense All this video violence of these flicks that I know Sometimes it's hard to see Despite their striving local film Industry, I wanna say it's quaint But Mayberry it ain't It doesn't make any sense All this Scissor or razor Or ice pick to choose Scissor or razor Or ice pick to choose Scissor 
scissors or razor or ice pick chew. Scissors or razor or ice pick chew. I would say it's fine, but this is coming out of your check. Not mine, I wouldn't say it's snuff But sometimes renting is not enough And I wanna say it's quaint But Mayberry it ain't It doesn't make any sense All this video violence